0: Hello and welcome to Select Match Type. I'm Simon Cowgill, joined as always by Christopher Ellis. Hi Chris, how are you?
1: I'm not too bad, Simon. How's yourself? Yeah, good, thank you. People mocked us when we asked how we, how each other were. Laugh, last laugh on us. We've got the last laugh now. I hope it's not the last laugh. That would be no. be dark
0: way to start. Speaking of which, I've um I've caught up on all of Dark Side of the Ring in the last week or so. Um. I can't recommend it enough if you've not seen it. It basically looks back at um, controversial or um, criminal activities that have happened through wrestling's past. Um, I, have you seen any of
1: them? I've heard of it. I've not. I've not seen any episodes yet. I know Chris Jericho narrates them, so I've, I've got fifty thousand hours of spare time yeah. outside of work at <laughs> the moment. So I'm sure I'll watch them at some point. Yeah,
0: I so they're halfway through series two now. Um, The first two episodes were um, focused on Chris Benoit for series two. Then there was a new Jack one, then Brawl for All. And then the one that was released last night is Jimmy Snooker, but I've not seen that one yet. Um, This series is due to finish with an Owen Hart one. I've even managed to get Francis watching some uh, documentaries about
1: wrestling, which I didn't think would ever happen. So... No, well, as I say, I'll, I'll I'll definitely need to pick it up and have a look at it because I've heard nothing but good things. Yeah, it's really good. I would thoroughly recommend
0: recommend it. How about you? You've been watching much wrestling related um, stuff that other
1: than for our recordings, obviously. I I dip I in I dip in and out depending on how much time I've got. I'll go I'll go back to some of the old WrestleManias, especially in the run of the WrestleMania season. Yeah. I've gone back for a few of the old, few of the old ones. There, WrestleMania 10 remains a personal highlight. I think it's a great WrestleMania. Fair enough. Yeah, the Owen Hart Bret Hart
0: match. That is just a singles match, so we'll probably never get around to covering it. But that's a, a really strong,
1: strong match. Exactly. That's some really good. Even I mean, Randy Savage Crush is a decent match. The even Lex Luger Yokozuna, the first title match, works. And, of course, we've had one of our, one of our, first, our first ladder match we covered. Exactly. Razor Ramon,
0: Shawn Michaels. Exactly. Go back, give it a listen. You've got plenty of time. <laughs> um, okay, exactly. so we should probably talk about what we're going to cover today. So, um friend of the show, Richard, suggested our next Royal Rumble, which we're going to look at, which is from 1998. Um, what do you remember about this, this Royal Rumble then, Chris? See,
1: I've, this is one of my periods... Periods where I was I was thoroughly into WWE. As I say I dipped in dipping out of it over the years, depending what's going on. Yeah. But being being at school still, or sixth, just finishing a uh, GCSEs that year. Yeah, that'll be 98. I was working part time. I had a friend who had Sky because I'm not rich enough to afford to have Sky back in the day, and he used to take used to tape all the Roars and Smackdowns for me and bring him in so that I could catch up on the wrestling. So oh, it was a rarity that I was watching a week-to-week product.
0: That sounds like a hell of a lot of tapes, unless he uh, re-records over the same ones.
1: Yeah, they re-recorded. He didn't just have an entire room dedicated to Raw and Smackdown.
0: Like comic book guy's basement, just the shelves full of everything that's happened in 98.
1: Yeah. You'd have a, you'd have Raw and then Smackdown, and then either tape and everything... Be- <laughs> you'd be taping in the television x so you have a 10 minute preview there you go bonus content WWE don't normally
0: give you just what you wanted i i wasn't really watching um a massive amount in 98 so i don't i didn't remember a great deal about it i think the main things i remember from around this time or are from having watched it um after the fact if that makes sense so i know um there was a big focus at this point on Kane versus The Undertaker and that was um, leading into their WrestleMania match where they finally actually had a one-on-one contest. And this was um, basically the the period in time where the whole show was focused on Steve Austin. Um, I'm sure we'll get to some of that with with what we talk about in the commentary. Um, But yeah, I think um, this was not long after Vince Russo had uh, taken over as the head of creative. So I think it was the, basically the start of everything trying to become more real as opposed to, um, and more, as Jim Cornette would say, J- Jerry Springer-like.
1: Yeah, obviously the springboard into the Attitude Era. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and really, when you, when you go through this match, it's I know obviously you go, oh, aren't those wrestlers sum up a period in time, but nothing like all the stereotypes, all the gimmicks... That this rumble sums up exactly what WWE was like in '98.
0: Yeah, no, hundred percent. And I, um, as I say, I wasn't watching it that much at the time, and there was some uh, wrestlers that come out that I just didn't remember. Um, I don't think they're ever going to go into the Hall of Fame. People like Eight Ball, Chains, etc.
1: Yeah, I forgot they I forgot they existed. Yeah, to be honest.
0: exactly the same.
1: There's, there's a few throwbacks here.
0: Um, yeah, so the build basically focuses entirely on everyone wanting to to get to Austin. Um, we start the show with a very, very young looking Michael Cole interviewing Austin, who uh, just says to him, I've got nothing to say to you, park my damn truck, and if you get a scratch on it, you'll get your ass kicked, which I thought was quite funny, said did the crowd. Um, Austin walks off and Cole says that there's 29 other people that want to get their hands on Austin. Um, And the Goodwins then follow him through the room and chase him. And basically leading up to the Rumble, we get the same sort of thing over and over again. So we get the Nation of Domination searching for Austin in the locker room. Uh, They go in and there's just a foam uh, foam middle finger on a seat. Constant sort of iterations of where's Steve Austin. It's very much um, everyone should be asking when he's not on screen, where's Poochie? (laughs) That was pretty much my thoughts on what Austin was doing here.
1: Yeah, I mean they've been they've been running that whole angle for weeks with the don't trust Austin don't trust anybody angle with him, just attack, just attacking everyone. Yeah,
0: um, and the sort of catchphrase do do to others before they do unto you. So he's just interfering in people's matches and um, laying people out. And that was partly why why Cole was saying that 29 other people want to get their hands on Austin, um, not just because he's the only person in the rumble that could have actually won it.
1: I guess. Yeah, i I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to thinking through looking through the list of entrants. There's there's some people here who could have, who could have won it.
0: Yeah, who else? Who else could have won it other than um Austin? The Rock could The Rock could have won it. Yeah, I mean he was Intercontinental champion at the time, um and he's defend he defends the title at the Royal Rumble. Um I I think yeah. It, it was. It seems to be at this point that the card um, was pretty stacked around the middle, but there was no one other than um, Michael, Michael's and Undertaker that were sort of at the next level. Um, no, it didn't help. Didn't help. We obviously Triple H is out injured at this point. Yeah. And the fact that the Undertaker and Kane are going to feud um, feud with each other and aren't going to be in the title picture as well. Um, well, at least till the summer of '98, anyway.
1: Yeah, true. So I suppose they, they were, as you say, they were stacked mid-car, just very few headliners.
0: Yeah. I guess the only other person they could have had um, headline in WrestleMania was someone who JR introduces us to, which it, who is at the uh, Royal Rumble, Mike Tyson, who um, he talks about. The fact that Vince is negotiating with him and he's going to appear tomorrow night on Raw. And then there's uh, they show Tyson on the screen and he's in a box with Shane McMahon and Vince. I don't think the boos are exactly what they're looking for when he's not even sided with DX at this point.
1: That's true. I think <laughs> he's an Austin fan as well. He comes out yeah. and says he's an Austin fan. Exactly.
0: It makes sense what happens the following night on Raw All The Stranger. Um, we get quite a young looking Howard Fink. He, I say quite young looking. He's still got um, male pattern boldness going on, obviously, but I think he had that from the, his early 20s, to be honest. But he introduces the rumble and the rules and we get the usual um, pop-up that explain exactly what's being said on the screen. And as um, the Fink is going through the rules, King just reiterates randomly, both feet, both feet, JR, <laughs> which made me chuckle a bit. It's quite random. And, um, and then, yeah, we get to entrant number one, and it's Cactus Jack who comes out uh, with quite a few bins, throws them into the ring, um, and it looks like we're going to have a hardcore start to the, to the Royal Rumble. Um, number two, we get Chainsaw Charlie, who is Terry Funk, basically, with a uh,
1: pair of tights over his face. So <laughs> <laughs> this, this is a prime example of having something that works in regard to Cactus Jack and then trying to, trying to replicate it and have it not quite hit the mark. Because to be fair, the fans liked Chainsaw Charlie for the most part. Yeah. And the dumpster match and feud they had with the New Age Outlaws is quite entertaining. But it was never going to last. He was never going to be Mick Foley. No, but... Well, Mick Foley has said in the
0: past that he's a rip-off um, Terry Funk, essentially. So... Yeah, it's probably a bit harsh on Terry Funk to say that he can't be Mick Foley, but I get what you're saying because Chainsaw Charlie is just the Cactus Jack character, essentially.
1: Yeah, it's it's of him going, oh, look, split personality, not only with Mick Foley, but also with Terry Funk.
0: Yeah, no,
1: exactly. Um, Chainsaw Charlie comes
0: out as... His name would suggest with a chainsaw. Um, at first, it just sounds like it's being played over the PA system and the chainsaw's not actually on because uh, it just looks like it's still. But then a, a chair gets thrown into the ring and sparks fly off it, which um, I found a bit surprising and I'm not sure that health and safety would allow that in 2020.
1: I didn't even notice, I thought it was just a still blade.
0: Yeah, well, as I say, I thought exactly the same and then the chair comes in and there's sparks that come off it. Um,
1: okay, yeah. Was <laughs> that, yeah, that really a completely new
0: element of danger. In yeah, there. which is probably why he doesn't use the chainsaw at any point as well, I guess. <laughs> no, killing a man probably is going to be a bit too far. Probably a bit extreme, yeah. Uh, so, these two start us off. There's a load of chairs that get thrown into the ring as well. Um, chainsaw Charlie asks for a chair shot and it, he basically takes an unprotected shot, stays on his feet. Then, um, Cactus Jack gives, uh, Terry Funk the chair and he asks for one. And again, it's an absolutely brutal unprotected chair shot. You can, like the crowd, are lapping it up, but it's a bit uncomfortable to watch knowing what we do these days, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. You just, you, sh- they shouldn't have been given, should have been able to get away with it then. So, and obviously now it'd just be not a chance in hell any of that happening. But there you go. That's what they were back in the day before they realised that somehow smashing your face in with a metal chair isn't good for your brain. Right. They still knew about concussions back in the day, but
0: they're just not that there was any detrimental effect to being not unconscious, I guess. <laughs> Who
1: knew? Because Who could have possibly
0: yeah. um, Out next we get uh, Tom Brady, not the uh, NFL player, and... Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie team up and Tom Brady lasts about 10 seconds before he gets chucked over. Um, then we get Cactus Jack suplexing Terry Funk onto the chairs that have been set up, um, which was quite a sore spot because the, the chairs just sort of fold, um, fold no, away under his weight. I think those back spasms are real when the case uh, <laughs> through. sort of look like it um out next we get The Rock who comes out to the domination theme um look for that another six or seven times through this match as uh, we have a lot of the members of the nation coming out um we then get the sort of theme for the early part of the match, um, kept continuing as Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie team up on The Rock. Um, the, the, a great spot whenever you've got a bin in the ring. Um, so The Rock gets hit over the head with the bin and then the bin gets put on top of him. There's nothing more debilitating than uh, a bin being put on top of your head. And then having it punched. And then having it punched and chair shots. Yeah, it's... Um,
1: Fair play, it's
0: fair play
1: a fun, for a fun spot. Yeah, I would say, fair play for the rock for going out there and being willing, willing to look ridiculous and let let them do these kind of spots. I know he's obviously still a rookie at this point and still on the way up, but third generation, so you do have uh, certain allowances made for you. He's still happy to put in. No, absolutely. Um... So the, the rock gets thrown
0: through the ropes. The crowd, for some reason, they obviously didn't listen to the rules, but they uh, go crazy as if the rock's been thrown out, but he hasn't. Um, and then we go back to chain, uh, Chainsaw Charlie and Cactus Jack just wailing on each other with chairs, basically. Uh, out next, we get Mosh. Um, do you like the headbangers as a, at this point?
1: No, no, they're an, they're an awful lot. Of, even, even with them being, being metal and... It being in, in New Metal in '98, so they had to have a New Metal-style tag team. Yeah. They were just awful. They just
0: couldn't wrestle at all, could they? Um, as he's coming out, Chainsaw Charlie throws a chair towards him as he's getting into the ring. Uh, it's a good job it didn't hit him because he might have might have died, but he manages to avoid it. Um, and then we get quite dull offence, um, as, as you touched on, because... Mosh isn't a great wrestler, so it just boils down to punches and kicks in the corners, essentially. Um, we do we we start to see a lot of plodding yeah. wrestling at this point. One thing that did uh, stand out at this point was Chainsaw Charlie going for a moonsault, but it was the strangest-looking thing I've ever seen. So he doesn't sort of flip over properly, he sort of twists and flips and manages to miss, even though Mosh doesn't move, which the King thoroughly enjoys. And out next we get... Um, Phineas Goodwin and JR says with quite a crude line of commentary. Um, JR says, "What this is what happens when first cousins marry, um, and then that's when King says there's only one brain in the ring, and that's in the head of the rock."
1: Yeah, nothing like nothing like a nice redneck stereotype. Ben. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it's a really flat atmosphere from the crowd at this point as well because. Um, so we talked about one of the tropes of uh, Royal Rumble matches is that people will come in and be really hot for 30 seconds. That doesn't really happen in this one. People come in and just immediately go to the plodding corner, kicks and punches that um, tend to happen when a guy's been in the ring for 10, 15 minutes.
1: They fill up with a lot of people quickly as well. Yeah. There's no there's no eliminations for while. they Pack them in at the end, but they have a lot of people in that ring, which doesn't help.
0: No, definitely not. Um, so eight ball is out next. Not cue um, ball. Or... Not not Q oh, ball. Flat <laughs> ball. Yeah, as the commentary team say. Um, yeah, and it just it continues to be quite bloody at this point until Cactus Jack runs at Charlie um to go for a clothesline line, but manages to eliminate eliminate himself and go over the top. So we've had quite a few people come in, and that's only the, the second elimination so far, as you say. So the, the ring is filling up quite quite significantly. Um, at this point, the King tells us that his sources have said that someone has got to Austin backstage, so he might not even make it out here. Um, I'd love to know
1: who King's sources are. I don't know. I don't even care what the King's sources no. are. Although well, saying that, There's not... amazingly, even with Luna and Sable coming out, there's no ridiculous sexist comment from him on the whole match. i so I wonder if there was something ridiculous but they've edited out because I watched it on the network. Yeah, same. I'm gonna i just gonna have given him the benefit of the doubt for this once and wow. say no, he managed not to be a massive sexist. The king gets the benefit of
0: the doubt, that is a first time for well, not not for everything, because he definitely had the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> Yeah, the benefit of a jury of his peers. Exactly. Uh, out next, we get Black Jack Brad. Uh, Black Jack, sorry, Bradshaw. Who? Um, so it's Br- John Bradshaw of Layfield with a big handlebar mustache. Um, he's got cowboy boots on, which must be a fucking nightmare to wrestle in. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. We don't, you know, we don't often speak about footwear hugely on the show, but yeah, no one we'll wants to wrestle cowboy boots. You can, like saying, I getting like, kicked with them, must hurt like a mother. Yeah, true. And uh, we see a lot of Bradshaw kicking and punching
0: um, as the same sort of boring... Over, play, over the right. length of his career. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, yeah, particularly in this match, there's just a lot of kicking and punching. And I noticed that we've not really seen a move other than a botched moonsault at this point. Um, yeah, we're not...
1: It's not. This is not catch-as-catch-can classic wrestling.
0: No, definitely not. Before the next um, guy comes out, then, uh, King starts calling out Mike Tyson on commentary, um, which is an interesting uh, tactic to take, I guess. Well, they've, they've both got something in common. Oh, <laughs> yes, that's very true. They were both at the Royal Rumble 1998. I don't know if you were meaning something else, but let's let's move on. Um, Owen Hart is out next, but before he even gets halfway to the ring, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Jim Cornette come out and attack him from behind. Uh, Jim Cornette hits him with the tennis racket, and J.R. says Cornette is a stain on the underwear of life, which in uh, Dark Side of the Ring, that's exactly how Jim Cornette describes Vince Russo. Um, yeah, just going back to Dark Side of the Ring, they they clearly hate each other more than anything.
1: Um, so I yeah, know. I know. When, you, miss, when you watch when you watch Cornette shoot interviews and this show he does, yeah, he hates a lot of people. Yeah.
0: I was really annoyed by this point uh, at this point because I don't think we'll ever get to see Owen Hart wrestle in a series. Like this was the first time we'd seen him, um, and he doesn't even make it to the ring at this point, which is a bit annoying.
1: No, he's rocking the sole survivor gimmick here as well. Yeah,
0: that's off the back of should, the, um, yeah. yeah the Survivor yeah. Series from the previous year.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, uh, and let's face it, it's not in a way things are gonna go. It's not the uh... Strangely, strangely prophetic, but it's weird. Um,
0: like you wonder how Owen would have felt about the sole survivor gimmick, given that at the same Survivor Survivor Series, that's where the screw job happens. Like they're just forcing him to stay under contract, essentially.
1: Yeah, I, I think I, I don't think Owen was ever going to leave, though, or look, look to leave. He clearly is clearly a talented man who was getting paid ultimately you got to take that into consideration i don't think it'll i don't think the left with even everything that's WCW? going on no well i wish it had gone i think it got a proper push in wcw and things would have changed things would have turned out differently hopefully but
0: yeah how different things could have been um out next we get steve blackman who comes in with big kicks uh to chainsaw charlie um he puts chainsaw charlie over the top but he uh, chainsaw charlie skins the cat in the weirdest and um, weakest looking skin the cat moment i've ever seen he's just basically ties himself around the ropes constantly it reminded me of um i can't remember exactly which rumble it was but you know when road dog just hugged the ropes for like half an hour
1: yeah you can you, you can get a lot of leverage when you're a heel and just
0: just hold it onto the ropes yeah um he comes back into the ring and eight ball pile drives him. So we've seen at least one move. Uh, JR says he might like to have his brain scrambled. Um, another indication that concussion and uh, brain damage wasn't really taken seriously at the time, I guess.
1: Yeah, true. Yeah, true. I mean, he might, they're yeah, they're really pushing the whole kind of mental... They're really caring about the mental health of their wrestlers. Yeah,
0: absolutely. <laughs> as they're just bullying them on commentary as well. Uh, King at this point points out uh, his sources have said that it was Ken Shamrock who got to Austin we'll we'll get to that if and when Austin comes out I guess Um, we get D-Lo Brown out next again comes out to the Nation of Domination theme straight in to do his corner punch work and more plodding offence. 8-Ball then whips D'Lo for, uh, into the ropes for a massive clothesline. 8-Ball has been the sort of shining light so far in the match. Um, I know The Rock is um, obviously in there but he's he doesn't have a massive amount of offence while he's in there but 8-Ball is at least hitting some um,
1: high-impact stuff. I'm sure we, wouldn't, <laughs> we weren't expecting that when we started re, re-watching going, yeah, I'm sure D.O.A. are going to be the standouts. Yeah. Um, at this
0: point I noticed as well that there was something quite um not amateurish, that's probably the wrong word, but I noticed that it didn't look like a particularly slick production. And I think it's partly because that the, the lights over the crowd are just too bright. So you can see everyone in there. And it doesn't help that at this point in the match the atmosphere is completely flat, people are seeming bored. And there's air horns just being randomly rung, a bit like you would get at a British show, I guess, in the in the 90s.
1: Yeah, as, as you say, though, there's nothing for anyone to really get behind or get that excited about. We've just seen a series of plodding moves, mostly. There's not been a great deal to actually get the crowd fired up. Yeah, they, they do
0: um, start making a little bit of noise when D'Lo and The Rock end up punching each other. Um, the commentary team point out that it's every man for himself, which has been a theme of what they've been talking about throughout the match. It must have been mentioned about 50 times up to this point that it's every man for himself or some variation of those words.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be fair, at least they've they've got stuff going on with the nation because obviously they were were not a huge faction, but they were working together and they were a solid mid-card faction so it assists sow the seeds of dissension and start to break them up i can at least they' were doing that at least they' were doing some trying to do something interesting on the yeah. in the match
0: that isn't just austin or the main event um out next we get kurgan um who I vaguely remember from w w f Warzone but that's about as far as uh, my memory stretches for him. He is a big man, he comes in just no souls, punches from everyone. Blackman hit uh, goes for a big spin kick on him but misses completely. Um he might have taken his head off if that had fit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah but yeah. Well as King said, he'd probably not him out if he'd connected. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have no recollection of Kurgan whatsoever part from this Rumble.
0: Fair enough. Um out next we got Mark Miro, who comes in with Sable, um, the crowd are hot for, for Sable, but not so much for Mark Miro as Sable. Chance um, take over the the focus of the crowd. Um, meanwhile, Kurgan gets rid of Blackman, um, and Miro comes in and basically shadow boxes with people. Which um, I I don't really remember much of
1: Mark Miro, but I can't. So you don't remember them. you don't remember him from Figure of either WCW, I imagine. No, I don't. See, I, I only know the
0: name of Mark Miro because he was with Sable, and um, obviously Sable ends up with, with Lesnar. But yeah, I have very little recollection
1: of Mark Miro um, as a wrestling as or when
0: wrestling
1: I, career, rather. Yeah, but I say when I because when I I remember watching when I first got into wrestling in and the mid early nineties, the mid nineties, his wrestling in WCW is Johnny B Bad. Right, okay. And he, he, was, he, he had, again, he had a punch as a knockout there, because I say, he's a Golden Glove, golden Gloves winner. Yeah. So he'd knock him he'd knock out, and then he'd have a, a sticker, which is a kissing pair of lips. So he'd knock him out, pin him, and then stick the sticker on their face.
0: Yeah. Well, he talks about um, JR um, sort of buries him when um, the king's saying, oh, look, Tyson could learn a few things from this footwork and um jr says i don't think there's anything that mark Miro could teach uh mike tyson about boxing (laughs) don't just bury your talent when his whole gimmick is that he's a golden gloves winning boxer
1: yeah exactly but then again you know wwe and burying talent on commentary what a what a shocker you could have seen that
0: very true um I've noticed at this point that The Rock's still in, having come out very early in the match, and Andy worked double duty um, defending his title earlier on. So, yeah, he's having an impressive show, um, ready to be propelled uh, later on in the year. Out next we get Shamrock, who immediately puts Kurgan down. So they're obviously protecting or building up that Shamrock's the sort of toughest man on the roster. Um, Shamrock's the third person to take Kurgan off his feet. yeah. Um, then everyone in the ring teams up to eliminate Kurgan, who looks unhappy and sort of plods his way back to back to the entrance. Uh, Bradshaw then goes to whip D'Lo, but there's people in the way, so D'Lo very kindly goes on a big U around the ring to come back to Bradshaw, um, and then comes into a massive boot, which I'm sure with his cowboy boots on probably hurts quite a lot. But yeah, it was I thought it was worth pointing out because D'Lo, if you if you watch. He's in the middle of the ring, goes most of the way towards the corner and then runs his way back to the middle of the ring just because the ring is so full of people.
1: Smart ring ring awareness. Exactly.
0: Um, Thrasher comes out next. He's got a Marilyn Manson shirt on again to highlight the sort of new metal theme and the fact, that just hiding the facts that he can't wrestle. So at least he's got a gimmick. And the camera then focuses on D'Lo Brown choking the Rockers. King points out once again that it's every man for himself. King again talks about how he wants Tyson. Uh, what's what's Mike Tyson? Five foot eleven. He'll be six foot five after one of these uppercuts. And Jr. just goes, "Good grief!"
1: <laughs> Which made me chuckle. <laughs> Good grief, Charlie Brown.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Mankind comes out next. Um, He goes straight after Chainsaw Charlie and eliminates him. I don't think that the the, uh, commentators do a great job of explaining that Mick Foley comes out. They sort of, as he's on the way to the ring, they say, what? I'm confused. But they don't actually point out that Mick Foley's already been in the ring as Cactus Jack. Your casual fan have just gone, oh, there's a second completely different wrestler. He looks a bit like that guy that was in earlier. Yeah, they just don't do a great job of telling the story, I don't think.
1: No, not at
0: all. I also noticed with mankind's entrance that the crowd pop before the music's actually started. So the the uh, the guys must be walking out before someone's hit play on their theme. Just wait an extra second. It's so much better if the the crowd hear the music then see you because you get almost a double pop then. But yeah, people, it, it so, just jarred uh, on me a bit. though.
1: say that I was watching I was watching something earlier today that as a side note. And always been exactly the same way. It's at it's the raw after punk beat Cena for the title.
0: Yeah.
1: And it's so so he comes out and we have the quarter personality theme entrance playing. They see yeah the logo hits before he comes out. You want them at the same time. You want him to, as he comes on stage. The CM Punk logo shows. Yeah. So it should be a shot. So then there's a big so, yeah. so you get the big point, so you wanna, but I know what you mean. Yeah, so you want to see him come out, but they don't they already notice him because his logo's up there before he walks out. Yeah. Really shit. Just
0: how how much effort would it take to do do that properly? Not not much, I would imagine. Um In the Ring, Shamrock and The Rock becomes the focus, as as I mentioned. Uh they battled for the Intercontinental title earlier on in the show and have quite a feud going um next person out is gold dust or the artist artist formerly known as gold dust as he's known at this point uh, he comes out with luna who he's aligned with at the moment again the, the stuff in the ring is very ploddy it just feels like the whole ring is filling up with people that aren't going to win the match um mark miro carries on dancing uh, the the crowd chance Sable and he really isn't happy um, so he starts mouthing off at Sable and mouthing off at the crowd to concentrate on him which the um commentary team play up.
1: Yeah they have they have they have a whole the whole arc goes through with him being insanely jealous over the attention Sables get in.
0: Well they played that quite well then which is good to see. Um next to be eliminated is Mankind who is eliminated by the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. Um King is um, so JR calls it um, calls him Gold Dust a couple of times, and King is infuriated. No, it's the artist formerly known as Gold Dust. At least at least he's selling it. It's fine. Yeah. Um, out next we get Jeff Jarrett, who's got the NWA title with him, um, and Cornet as his manager. As he's coming into the ring, Owen Hart runs out and attacks attacks Jeff Jarrett from behind. Um, hits a nice looking spinning heel kick, which. Is one of the best moves we've seen in the match, which says a lot, I think. Um, Owen gets thrown over the top by Jeff Jarrett, um, and Jeff Jarrett turns around to do the the strut, but Owen skins the cat, turn, comes back in and pushes Jeff Jarrett over the top to it to eliminate him. Um, I've never been a big Jeff Jarrett fan. I just think he's not very
1: good in the ring. See, I think I think he's a decent wrestler, Jeff Jarrett. I think he's a great heel because he has got that knack of. In the same way Baron Corbin has, he's got genuine heat. People really, really don't like him. That is true.
0: Out next, he has his long side burns, He's got his hair slicked back. He's just a honky-tonk, man.
1: He is just a honky-tonk, man. <laughs> People will be delighted with that musical interlude from
0: your side. Yeah, definitely. That's the, the closest you'll get to singing from me on the show, I think.
1: So I was just going to comment on... On the absolute, Americans still not getting irony. Still not, definitely not understanding it. JR said it's ironic that it's only the Honky Tonk Man's second Royal Rumble. Yeah.
0: That's that's not necessarily irony. I can see what he's saying because you think of the Honky Tonk Man as like the late 70s and this is 98 and it is weird that he was only ever in three Royal Rumbles.
1: But yeah, it's still not ironic. (laughs) It's ironic. It's ironic if he was the one deciding who went into the Royal Rumble.
0: Yeah, that and would he never be,
1: put himself in. That's irony. Yeah.
0: Um, as uh, he's coming out, Triple H is behind him on crutches with China. Um, the, the, this isn't the first time that this happens, but as the honky top man is getting in the ring, The Rock uh, eliminates Ken Shamrock, but the cameras don't really show it. You just see Shamrock on the outside, which um, was a bit of a theme for the match because it happens like three or four times where an elimination's missed.
1: I had to stop and rewind at various points to figure out who had eliminated who.
0: Yeah. Um, so Triple H, as I say, is walking behind the honky-tonk man. He hits Owen Hart with the crutch um, as he's leaning over the, the ropes and pulls Owen, out, Owen Hart out. Um, Owen then sprints towards the back to chase him, but falls over as he's going through the curtain, which the king can't contain his laughter at. <laughs> he,
1: does a, he does a proper full slip it's like a stumble you see him go down flat on his ass yeah um, it's great it's about some of the raw Rumble this year when this is a high point yeah the fact that that is a highlight as you say
0: yeah, sums up the action that we've seen so far um Armin Johnson comes out next JR is not happy that he's wearing earrings no and
1: um, and obviously we have King saying if he's smart we know how stupid he looks and Almond Johnson is stacked as well. He's a big bloke. He's a huge man. As he comes in,
0: uh, we get a cutaway to a replay of The Rock um, throwing Shamrock over, basically to show that The Rock had hit a low blow, which, again, protects Shamrock in quite a good way. They're clearly building him up as like a huge deal.
1: And they never pulled a trigger.
0: No. No. Uh, out next, we get Mark Henry. Uh, so more Nation of Domination theme. And... Jao points out that we've had um, 17 debuts in the Royal Rumble with Mark Henry now here. That just um, sort of point uh, show, goes to show that there's really no one that's come out so far other than potentially The Rock that could have won the Royal Rumble.
1: Yeah, that is very, is very true. You couldn't imagine in that. Although saying that, we get, with the NXT brand now, we get, get at least 10 debuts this year or this year's Rumble. Obviously, no, we didn't expect any of them to win it, but at least no, there was always no. a chance... But
0: there's maybe, this year, there was at least four or five people that could win. But the whole build for this has just been focused on Austin. So, yeah, for him to point out the amount of debuts. Because it wasn't true. like um, they not debuted because um, they've come from the indies or gone and have been on NXT for a while. But there was nothing else really other than WCW at this point.
1: Yeah, true. They did come out just... Nowhere, we didn't know anything about any of them, so yeah. it's unlikely they were going to suddenly get pushed to the championship shot. Next, we get a line of commentary
0: which, um, in a very juvenile way, made me laugh. So, um, JR says Mark Henry is handling Big Johnson.
1: Yes, I I also laughed at this point.
0: I laughed, and Francis said, Are you laughing at that? And I said, Of course I am. It must no, be intentional. Agree. It must I agree completely with you. It's a funny line. Yeah. Uh, out next, so the count, uh, the countdown goes to zero, but nobody comes out, and the um, commentary team play up that it should be Stone Cold Steve Austin at number twenty-two. Back to the ring. Um, again, the the um, camera doesn't do a great job of catching the uh, the nation team up to eliminate Johnson. This was a good opportunity for them to say that they're double teaming the Big Johnson, but they decided not to reuse the same line. <laughs> Um, And Phineas gets thrown out by Mark Henry, so we are starting to see a few people um, be eliminated now at least. On the way back towards the ramp, um, Phineas and Ahmed Johnson um, basically have a bit of a brawl and fight back towards the entrance. Um, Karma, also known as the Godfather, also known as the Goodfather, also known as Papa Shango, whatever you want to call him, uh, comes out next. He's in the Nation of Domination again, so uh, again we get the same thing over again. And I noticed as he's He also coming... yeah, you were gonna say he also has a match with Ahmed Johnson on the way yeah, out. It just feels a bit unnecessary. But I think um it's not long after this that Johnson goes into the nation, is it? No. Um yeah, so I noticed uh, or I thought rather at this point, why aren't the guys from the nation just teaming up? So we've seen them once team up to eliminate Ahmed Johnson, but that was that was it. Um, which was, yeah, a bit strange. Um, But uh, they, so Karma goes into the ring and just carries on with the same plodding offence that we've seen throughout. Um, And at this point, the next entrant, uh, the glass breaks, so the crowd have been waiting for it all night and they go absolutely crazy. Everyone stops and turns around to face the entrance, but... Austin slides in from behind. Um, jump, it, you, they show a replay of him jumping over the announce table and sliding into the ring, um, and he gets rid of Mark and and ball almost immediately.
1: Yeah, a couple of very, a couple of. You had to have him come in on on fire. There's no way to do it without having that. The problem with this spot is they stand there waiting for him. He comes in the ring they run at in for about five seconds and then just give up and just carry yeah, on fighting each
0: other completely forget about the fact that austin's in the ring with them don't they it's really strange and the highlight team uh, sorry commentary team highlight that like why isn't everyone still teaming up on austin we don't know you tell us don't highlight massive plot holes in your
1: storyline
0: yeah uh, out next we get henry godwin um who goes straight after austin king uh, as he's coming in asks who number 22 was it's a very good question um, so who should have come in that didn't get uh, come out to the ring uh, meanwhile Austin gets rid of um, so Savio Vega and a few others come into the ring Austin gets rid of the others um, who had they don't actually introduce it just says there's three guys in there yeah Savio Vega and
1: some others yeah
0: so Austin clears the ring of, of the three others that were with Savio Um but, to be fair, I'm sure Vince man was sitting there going, thinking I was just four Savio Vega's. Yeah, again, Savio Vega not far off joining the the nation here as well. Um, Jr. Point uh, keeps bigging up at this point. Bradshaw um, talks about how for a 300-plus pounder for have been in the match for this long takes a lot of stamina. Um, Bradshaw has a couple of big moments with clotheslines and big boots, but as I say, most of the time he's just in the corner kicking and punching, just waiting for. Austin which has, has now arrived uh,
1: six years, six years down the line he'll be he'll be a big player
0: yeah it's weird to think that at this point he's not even part of the Acolytes never mind the APA and yeah so six years later he'll be a completely different
1: character and win the title yeah it's a weird it's on in wrestling terms it's a kind of meteoric rise yeah
0: definitely um, out next we get Farouk Talking of the Acolytes um, Again The last member now Of the Nation of Domination That's coming out He goes straight after the Nation Which is a bit strange um, And Meanwhile The Rock and Austin Go through the ropes um, And The Rock throws Austin Into the steps King is adamant that Austin's gone uh, Just take my word for it Then it shows the replay Of them going through the ropes And King doesn't see why He's uh, not correct See Austin went out He's
1: gone But he's clearly gone through the ropes. See, that's important. That's why we have Howard Finkel do the rules at the start. Otherwise, people make these kind of mistakes.
0: Exactly. Um, Next competitor out is Dude Love. Uh, He comes in and immediately gets rid of Bradshaw. Um, Then The Rock hits a people's elbow on D'Lo Brown that wasn't referred to as the people's elbow. I'm not quite sure when that starts being referred to, but the commentary team don't really make a big deal out of it either. I guess it's um, similar to when we've covered Michael's matches before the sweet chin music became a a big thing. Um, The same has happened here with the People's Elbow. Yeah, People's Elbow is definitely post-station of domination for The Rock. Yeah. Then Austin comes back in to get his hands on The Rock um, and the camera basically ignores everyone else in the ring, even though there's, there's about 10 other guys, just to focus on what's Austin doing. As I say, it's very much, uh, whenever he's not on screen, people should be asking, where's Stone Cold? Mm. Uh, tw- number 29 comes out, it's Chains, who I don't remember anything about.
1: No, a, a member of DOA again, One of those all tag teams in the division around this time.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even get a as much offence as his tag team partner are at eight ball does <laughs> in the match so yeah no wonder I can't remember him. Uh JR highlights on commentary that the Rock's been in for fifty minutes after double duty which is uh yeah they're they're clearly teeing up the Rock as the next um in line after Austin at this point.
1: Yeah and you can understand why the The Rock is probably the most impressive for who through the match yeah as a whole if you're looking at it austin gets that pop and does the stuff that you know austin does but they hold it together and go that long and still look impressive you can understand why the rock was being pushed at this point yeah
0: definitely um then we get our 30th entrance and it's vader king claims that he's the favorite um i'm not quite sure i agreed with him but never mind um and i noticed at this point so we've just had the last entrant but there's still loads of people left in the ring i think there was nine or ten
1: yeah we have we have we have like six eliminations in the space of about two minutes at this point. yeah so uh the honky-tonk man gets
0: eliminated straight away by vader the rock then sells a massive shoulder from vader really well it looks like he's taking his head taking his head off um austin gets rid of thrasher then karma then gets rid of Sadio- savio vega Goldust then eliminates Vader, so maybe not quite the um, big push that Vader was hoping for, having been described as the favourite by the King. Goodwin then goes for a clothesline on Dude Love but misses, so gets eliminated. This all happens within about, as you say, a minute of each other, these eliminations. Um, and then Gold Dust is eliminated as he's thrown over by Chains. So Chains did do something in the match. Uh, so they, I don't think Able got elimination. Chains did get over that over him? <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, Austin then gets rid of Chains, and then this is another one where the camera has completely missed it. So they have to show a replay about a minute later. And Mark Hen- Henry also gets eliminated. Um, Dude Love then hits a sweet shin music and the double arm DDT on the rock. I love the sweet, uh, sweet shin music. It's so, like, Dude Love was essentially a, com- a bit of a comedic wrestler. So for him to take sweet chin and then just kick someone in the shin,
1: I, I quite enjoy. Yeah, it's, Dude Love was always the weakest of the three. But he got, it's weird because he even got title matches which he should never, never, ever had. Well, they play up because he goes into
0: the final four with Austin, The Rock and Farouk here and they talk talk up that um, Austin and Dude Love have not long since been tag team champions. Um, He's getting quite a rub as Dude Love. Um, I guess at this point in uh, Mick Foley's WWF career, there's um, a lot to come in the next sort of year and a half, so he's in the summer, he'll have the Hell in a Cell match against the Undertaker, and then in '99 is when he wins the first the title for the first time. So, yeah, I think he's still a bit of um bit low down on the card here compared to what, where we see him go in the n- not so f- distant future.
1: Yeah, as so I say, I just I was, I was never a big fan of the Dude Love
0: gimmick. Uh, fair enough. Um, so Dude Love then gets the mandible claw on Austin. Um, JR talks about how he's taking a page out of Mankind's book there but Austin uh, manages to recover and hit a low blow. Uh, so Farouk clotheslines dude love out of the out of the match. Um, Farouk then goes after Austin and it pans to The Rock sitting in the opposite corner, just sat with a smile on his face. Um, and JR slags him off for it, basically saying, look at The Rock. Um, King claims that it's smart and JR sort of concedes that it, that it is smart. Um, but as Farouk is going after Austin, uh, The Rock comes from behind and eliminates him from behind. Um, then it really picks up for a couple of minutes as the Rock and Austin start exchanging big punches. Um, it's almost like they know that these two are going to be the, the next uh, or the future of the business. And in a in a year's time, the or a couple of, yeah a year's time, sorry at WrestleMania they'll be headlining uh, for the title.
1: Yeah, they they were. You can even see that immediate chemistry when they're working together. They look great together. They really do. Um,
0: Austin gets. Uh, gets the rock over onto the apron but he comes back in uh he comes back in and takes a stunner almost immediately uh and then gets eliminated which i thought was some odd bucking like why would you not have austin go to the outside onto the apron come back in then hit a stunner like it doesn't really like it basically shows that the rock's been could have been eliminated twice as opposed to um having it go from one way and then the other
1: yeah, it's a, weird, it's a weird. It's a weird choice on how to finish it, but then again, they. It's it's a classic. The rocks rocked, thrown over Skins Cat, and then eliminated immediately afterwards. Yeah, it's it's, it's, a, it's a way though. It's just it's an unsatisfying end to an unsatisfying rumble match.
0: Yeah, true. So. Unsurprisingly, as the only person realistically that could have won, Stone Cold Steve Austin wins and is going on to WrestleMania. Uh, what were your thoughts on the match, then, Chris? It's
1: it's if the probably the most average rumble we're going to cover, I imagine, unless anyone suggests anything from the eighties, at which point we're in all kinds of all kinds of trouble
0: yeah i completely agree the, the in-ring stuff was not very good we bet there's barely a finisher in the whole match like we see one stunner um i know like it can be quite overkill um if you look at the modern day stuff where everyone hits like 10 finishes in the, in a royal rumble match but somewhat some people should at least hit some moves at some point in a match not just rely on kicking and punching in corners.
1: Yeah, that's fair. that's the problem with this one. It does very much boil down the kick-punch kick.
0: Yeah, and I think it, as I mentioned earlier, I think it highlighted the fact that at this point in time, there's a lot of young guys who would be solid hands, uh, but there wasn't anyone close to Austin, Michael's
1: Undertaker on the card, really. No, exactly. There's a... there's. It's one of those things, I mean, give them a year down the line and they'll have quite a few more established stars. I suppose you do have, if you don't plan properly, you do have those fallow years where you're going to have struggle getting people pushed through.
0: I guess a big part of that as well is that they've lost a lot of um, guys that would be middle, uh, middle of the card and up to WCW.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's, that's sort of the problem there. You've got to think of the people WCW had at the time. As you say, a lot of them who had gone to WCW at that point, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash. Yeah. Um never yeah, so, too over wrestlers at that point. Yeah.
0: On, on the plus side, so The, the Rock um, had a, a really good show in this, um, especially after um, retaining his title on the same night. So they're really almost putting him into the ground um, in terms of his work rate and I think the other thing that this one's remembered for is the three faces of Foley although that um, I think is remembered more now than it was highlighted in this match
1: yeah I've, I, don't, I don't think they did a great job as you say of highlighting the whole three faces No, it's, it's, it's all... such
0: an easy story to sell like on commentary but they don't do a particularly good job of it um, the other thing I was just going to mention, so after the um, after the match is finished, they cut to an interview where Cole is with Mike Tyson and he just says absolute gibberish. He doesn't complete a sentence, I don't think.
1: No, not known for being the most eloquent of speakers, Mike Tyson. No. He doesn't. He's happy to be there. Yeah. So, the
0: um, yeah, obviously, after this, Austin is going to WrestleMania and they have... Tyson uh, side with DX the next night on Raw, um, so Tyson is the enforcer for the main event which is Shawn Michaels versus Austin at, at WrestleMania, um, which would be Austin's first title win, so they've really, it's almost the, the rocket uh, ship has been strapped to him well and truly at that point.
1: Yeah, exactly, like, we get truly brilliant Austin-Michaels match at 14.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, what did you think in terms of a star rating then
1: Chris? I have given this a... There's nothing wrong with it per se. It's all perfectly fine and mechanical and I've given it a perfectly plodding two stars. I've given it exactly the same two
0: stars and it was technically a Royal Rumble match so... um, it deserves some credit because it is my favourite match type, as I, as I highlighted in a previous episode. But I, ho- I hope that it would be a better match. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It can't, it can't score a zero. So, yeah, two stars for me. Dave Meltzer gave it two and a half stars. It's very rare that we're on the same wavelength as Dave Meltzer. So, there you go. Yeah, true. Okay, any closing thoughts on 1998 before we move on then, Chris?
1: If someone recommends another Royal Rumble, please, for the love of God, give us something that we could actually make. We don't have to make it exciting. Something that speaks for itself. Yeah,
0: definitely. Um, Well, let's tease what we're going to look at next time then. So, um, the... Royal Rumble that we will look at next time is the first time that the WWF Championship was ever defended in a Royal Rumble match and it's widely considered as the best Royal Rumble match so um, I think it's going to have a bit more excitement than this one to answer your prayers there Chris I'm about to say we can't make that one sound good we really have no business doing this No, well maybe we're way off the mark Uh, if you completely disagree with our um, interpretation of not how the 1998 rumble went down let us know um particularly richard as as i've mentioned you suggested the rumble match so you either thought it was really good or thought it was rubbish so let us know either way get in touch with us as always through social media we're at select match pod uh, that's on twitter facebook and instagram thank you very much as always chris thank you
1: for having me so you take care you too and thanks for listening